0: If you've ever visited London and traveled on the underground tube, there's a common phrase you will hear over the bustling noise of chaos and crowds. Mind the gap. It's a caution to all individuals who dare to cross the yellow line towards the tracks. As believers, how do we mind the gap of our reality and the promises of God's Word? In today's message, Pastor Ivy K. shows us how to manage expectations, avoid comparisons, and learn to laugh a little more as we bridge the gap with God's grace. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, saints of God. We are coming to you live from the campuses of World Outreach Church for All Nations here in Lawrenceville, Georgia. I want to welcome each and every one of you, especially my brothers and sisters that are streaming online. Uh, it is so good to have you with us. However, it would be even better, or let me use my father's words. It would be even gooder if you could be here in person amen but again church is open please come and be a part of what god is doing in here in person uh however do it when you're comfortable amen we love you we are missing your faces and that's why we're asking you to come back but for my brothers and sisters those of you that are here we thank god for each and every one of you and it is so good to see all of you in the house this morning. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Permit me to just recognize uh, one of my big brothers in the Lord uh, and his family as they're worshiping with us here uh, in person today. And I'm speaking of Pastor Dapo and Pastor Bumi Shokon. Uh They're visiting, they're visiting with their son, Michael. They are the pastors of Christ's Faith Tabernacle in Lagos, Nigeria. Pastors, we thank you, we thank God for you, and we pray that God will continue to increase His grace and His anointing upon you. Amen. Thank you for coming and worshiping with us this morning. Hallelujah. As you heard in the intro, most of you know, those of you that know me, know that I, lo- I love to travel. Um, and one of the places that I frequently go to is London, the city of London in the United Kingdom. They have a fantastic underground system uh, whereby you don't even need to have a car to get around like we do here in Atlanta. Uh, It's popularly known as the tube. They call it the tube. And there's a saying when you go to some of those underground stations. And that saying is what was kind of going through my mind. And if you've heard something for a long time, every tube station or every other tube station you go to, you're hearing, mind the gap. I'm not saying it the way they would say it. I probably need Shade to help me say it. The way, mind the gap. (laughs) Anyway, but if you start to think about that, For me, it was an epiphany that came, which basically says, mind the gap, mind the gap. In other words, mind the expectations or mind the space between where we are, our present reality and where we're going. Or the place of God's promises for us. Amen? There is sometimes a gap in between those two. Where you have your reality on one hand and your expectations on on the other hand. As you know, we have been, for the last month or so, we've been talking about coming out of darkness into God's light. Pastor Bank has done an an awesome series where we've actually had a a kingdom conversation and talked with uh, uh, someone who has experienced this and has gotten the victory in this particular situation. And we know that it is all around us. Now, last week Sunday, Pastor Larry shared with us briefly and talked about how to stay in the light, if you will, or how to uh, avoid being in that place of darkness. And he, he, in his message he talked about just really simplifying everything. As he read the scripture, and I'm going to use that same scripture, in Second Corinthians chapter 1, He talked about how the great apostle through whom maybe two thirds of the New Testament came through, how that great apostle, Apostle Paul experienced despair while they were out in ministry uh, in Asia. And he said, along with despair comes a couple of things, a couple of Ds I called them. Disappointment, discouragement. Disappointment he described as living below the line of expectations. And of course, discouragement, living below the line of, I mean, living below the line of even having the joy or the zeal of the Lord. Amen. So this morning I wanted us to just talk briefly about minding the gap, and that is the gap between our present reality and the promises of God or our expectations. Let's go together to 2 Corinthians. That same scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 20 to 22, Second Corinthians 1, 20 to 22. And I want to read from the New Living Translation, please the New Living Translation, NLT. Amen. It says, for all of God's promises, all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. And through Christ, our amen, which means yes, ascends to God for his glory. Verse 21, it is God who enables us along with you and I and that's IBK adding that to stand firm for Christ. He has commissioned us and verse 22, he has commissioned us and he has identified us as his own by placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts as the first installment that guarantees everything He has promised us. Amen? That scripture says that God Himself has placed the Holy Spirit within us to guarantee. Guarantee is like, it's like a seal, a stamp. It will be done. He has guaranteed that these are the promises and those promises will come to pass. However, as believers, sometimes our present reality does not match up with those promises of God. You may have been dating someone just like the example uh, Pastor Larry gave us. You may have been dating this person, you've been going together. And the expectation as a young lady that you have is that in not so many years we will be married and something happens whereby that person decides to go a different way. How does a believer deal with that? How does a believer manage that? Obviously there is disappointment that will happen. You know, you've gone to school. You've gotten your bachelor's. You've gotten your master's. Some even go like Dr. Onofiok and become doctors, you know, only for the strong liver. <laughs> you know, you've done all of these things and yet, you're not able to find a job. You have sent out resumes. You've done everything that you know to do and you know that God has promised you that you will never be in lack. You've done everything, however, the reality is you still don't have a job. How does a believer handle that? When there are unexpected events of life rushes in from left field. As a believer, we're either left, uh, we're either enraptured in delight, because if that is a wonderful thing that happens, oh yes, it's unexpected and we're we're excited, we're enraptured in delight and standing tall, or we lay flat on our backs, stunned and gasping for air. You see the word stress, all of our medical professionals tell us, avoid stress, de-stress, simplify your life. See stress is the gap between our expectation and our reality. The more the gap, the more the stress. So our life circumstances or events of our life, they're only a small part. I want to encourage us this morning. They're only a small part of our entire life. The bigger part of our life in this equation is how, how we respond to those circumstances. When reality bursts our expectations, will we find ourselves overwhelmed and discouraged? Or will we let the negative things define us and rob us of our peace and joy? So the question, my brothers and sisters, is how do we mind this gap between where we are and what you do not know? about where you're going to or where you're going to be. However, you know what the promises of God are. But your present reality does not reflect that. So you look at those two words, mind the gap. We just talked about the gap being the space in between the reality and the promises of God. Mind. Scripture tells us to have this mind in you which was in Christ Jesus. Have the same mind in you, which was in Christ Jesus. In other words, let your thoughts, let everything that you hope and think, let it be the same way that Jesus Christ sees you. Not the way the world sees you. Not the way you sometimes see yourselves. Have this mind in you which was in Christ Jesus. Jesus sees us as his beloved. He sees us as victorious. He sees us as overcomers. He sees us as winners in life. Now, our present reality may not reflect that. However, have this mind in you which was in Christ Jesus, which was also in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. So let's go together to Hebrews chapter 10. And a lot of my scriptures I'm taking from the New Living Translation, I kind of like it. Hebrews 10, 35 and 36. Hebrews 10, 35 and 36. How do you mind the gap? between where you are and where you ought to be. Hebrews 10, thank you. So do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Patient endurance. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will, then you will receive all that he has promised, amen? Patient endurance is what you need, that's what you need now, so you will continue to do God's will, having endurance, patient endurance, and that way you stay in God's will And then, after having done that, you will receive all that he has promised. So first thing that I want to talk about this morning is manage your expectations. Manage your expectations. The Word of God declares in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1, we call it it the Hall of Faith. He says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Amen. One of the dynamic products of faith, of faith in God is positive expectation. Faith always incubates positive expectation. Amen. Someone defined hope as a positive expectation of something good happening to you. How many people want something good to happen to them? Amen. Hope is a positive expectation of something good happening to you. See, God has promised us that your expectations shall not be cut off because the desire of the righteous shall be granted. In Proverbs 10, 24, he tells us, he says, but the desire of the righteous shall be, shall be granted. Our expectations will not be cut short. When you think about when uh, the apostles were going into the temple, the man at the gate called beautiful, he had a positive expectation. Yes, he was there at the gate. He was begging alms. But what he really wanted was to be able to get out of his situation where because he could not walk, he, w- he resorted to begging for alms. He had a positive expectation and of course we know the story. His expectation was not cut short. What about the woman with the issue of blood? She had been everywhere. She had gone to all of the doctors and spent all of her earnings, but she had faith, hope, a positive expectation of something good happening to her. She said to herself, "If only I could touch the helm or the hem of his garment. If only I could touch the hem of his garment, there is that hope, that positive expectation that she had. And so for that reason, God granted her heart's desires. So, I want to encourage you, my brothers and my sisters, don't let fantasy dreams of a perfect life tarnish your real life. Choose realistic expectations of how life should be. Don't expect others to already know your thoughts and your hopes because the Holy Spirit speaks directly to you. Because if you expect others to know what your thoughts and your hopes are, you may become disappointed because they are insensitive to what God has spoken to you. God is a personal God. He speaks directly to you. What he says to Ada is different from what he says to IBK. The Holy Spirit bears us witness. Amen? Our expectations become more reasonable when we make our lives revolve around him, around God. You know that scripture that we read said that we should always continue to do God's will. Continue to do God's will, have the positive expectation of something good to happen to you. So we should always let make our life or our lives to revolve around God and his will instead of trying to make the world revolve around our expectations. So manage your expectations. Amen. Another thing I would say to us, I want to say to us this morning is Avoid comparisons, avoid comparisons. See, in the business world, we have something called benchmarking, Uh, there's nothing wrong with benchmarking because with benchmarking, we set standards and we work towards those standards. However, if we start to compare ourselves to someone else another organization well you know uh this one is doing this uh you know how come i'm not doing that uh we get into an area of allowing the enemy to creep in avoid ex comparisons avoid comparisons Scriptures are very clear on comparisons, God himself created us in his image. He created each and every one of us uniquely. We are uniquely fashioned and made by him in his image. We were not all made to look the same, amen? That's why you have those that are tall, that's why you have those that are height challenged. (laughs) We were not all made to look the same or be good at the same things. He created us with a specific purpose and plan. You know, you can't be good in everything. A good leader recognizes their areas of weakness and they staff those areas. One of the things I'm privileged to do is speaking with couples that are looking to get married and providing and helping them along their journey uh, of premarital guidance, amen. And a lot of times when it comes to the issues of finance, one of these things that come up is, well, who handles the money, the bills of the house? And a lot of times I'll hear, well, he has his own money. I have my own money and uh, God helps us all. So what we share with intending couples is find out in your getting to know one another who does better with handling money. If one person is just a rule lab, shoppings, shopping, sp- Amazon type person, that should not be the person handling money. I mean, it's something that you find out. Find out who is good at doing what and defer to that person in that area. Now that person may be good at that. Now which one of us is better at leading family devotions? It may not be the person that handles the money. Defer to the person that does that. So, God created each and every one of us uniquely. He created us with a specific purpose and a plan. Let's look at Galatians 1 verse 10, Galatians 1.10 in the NLT, Galatians 1.10. It says, obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. Amen. See, when we compare ourselves to others, we are somewhat agreeing with the plans of the enemy uh, for our lives because comparison is the thief of joy and the stretcher of truth. Comparison says I am ill-equipped for the task at hand. But the truth is God has given me everything I need for the plans that he has set before me. The truth of his word says that he he has prepared me, prepared us for good works and every good thing comes from him. In Galatians 6, 9, he says, so let's not get tired. Let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. See for many of us it is interesting to to see how quick we are to compare ourselves with those who have more than what we have. But we seldom look or compare ourselves in the other direction at those who have less. You see looking beyond ourselves to the needs of others shows us how blessed we truly are and how fortunate we truly are instead of focusing on what we don't have let's look for ways to bless others with what we do have amen when we look for ways to care for others our focus shifts away from our own situation Instead of reciting our frustrations, we can start listing our blessings. We know that song, Count Your Blessings, name them one by one. There is no better exercise than counting your blessings to remind us of the abundant rich love that God has poured out on each of us, amen? And then laugh a little. Manage your expectations. Avoid comparison. Laugh a little. See, laughter is good. Proverbs chapter seventeen, verse twenty-two. This one in the Amplified. Proverbs seventeen, twenty-two. It says, A happy heart is good medicine. A happy heart is good medicine and a joyful mind causes healing but a broken spirit dries up the bones. You see sometimes we as believers, we take life too seriously. We take life too seriously. Someone said that, you know, even having a rainy wedding day. You know, you plan, you know, especially for ladies, weddings, their wedding day is like, see for us guys, we just show up, we, you know. but for ladies, it's a big deal, they plan, from when they were f- four years old, they have had this day in their minds, and then the day comes. And the heavens open up and rain starts to pour down. Just think if you're the bride, ladies, how would you feel on that day? You see a rainy wedding day can become a good story. It can actually become a good story. Because later on years after when you're already in that wedding or in that marriage rather, you think back and you're like, oh, I got upset about that that day, didn't I? I could not even enjoy my wedding day because all I was thinking about is oh my beautiful white gown that's my Vera Wang that has a train going all the way to that's all I'm thinking about laugh a little get a sense of humor the Bible already tells us that a happy heart laughter is good medicine amen laughter is a healthy way to embrace a situation while we're keeping a bigger perspective laughter is an amazing ability that god gave us all laughter helps us cope with sadness and with life the bible gives us all types of examples of when to laugh when not to laugh ecclesiastes tells us that genesis 21:6 genesis 21:6 and we can do this in the new king james Sarah has already had the son of promise and she said and Sarah said God has made me laugh and guess what will happen all who hear will do what they will laugh with me they're not laughing at you they will laugh with you you're bringing joy to others laughter is good amen And lastly, keep the proper perspective. Keep the proper perspective. The example that comes to mind for me in this is in Matthew chapter 14. Matthew 14, verses 24 to 31. Matthew 14, 24 to 31. He says, and the NLT, thank you. Matthew 14, 31, it says, Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away. They were far, far away from land, for a strong wind had risen and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came towards them walking on water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, They were terrified, in their fear they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once, he said, chill, don't be afraid, take courage, I am here. Then Peter said to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come up to you walking on the water and Jesus said, yes, come. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and he began to sing. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out to him, grabbed him. You have so little faith. Jesus said, why did you doubt me? See when we keep our eyes on the finished work of Christ, when we have proper perspective of looking at the finished work of Christ, instead of focusing on our present situation, amazing things happen. Peter in that instant, as long as his eyes were kept on Jesus, he walked on water. But the minute he saw the waves and took his eyes off Jesus Christ and saw the waves, guess what happened? Began to sink. So Romans 8.28 also tells us, we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love the Lord and to those who are called according to his purpose. Consider what a disappointment looks like through a broader lens. They don't change God's love or alter our salvation. When negative thoughts arise, be ready to contradict them with the Word of God. Remind yourself of how loved you are by God and how he is watching, uh, working all things for your good. So let's imagine, let's use our imagination for a minute as we picture this scenario. Imagine we have two mountains. We have on one side, a mountain called reality. And sometimes on this mountain called reality, we find discouragements, we find difficulties, we find rejection, we find betrayal, and so much more. On the other side is another mountain called the mountain of God's truth. On this mountain called God's truth is where all the things that God has said to us both in his written word as well as the words proclaimed, released from his prophets and by his spirit. However, between these two mountains there is that gap. So if you think about climbing down this side of the mountain called reality so that you can get to this other mountain and climb up this other mountain called God's truth, it's almost, it's, in fact, it is impossible. It is impossible to do. The gap is too big and you know, you wish you could put something between the two mountains. Just so you can walk across. When we ask God about this, his answer was simply what he told Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, in NLT. He said, My grace is all you need. My power works best in his weakness, in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. So imagine, if you will, as we stand on the reality side of the mountain, we see a bright gold bridge begin to appear covering the gap between the two mountains. And if I could have my. We see this gap between the two mountains and we hear the small still voice saying, step out. As we take the first step, another step manifests until we're able to walk from the reality mountain to God's truth mountain. When we look back at the bridge, the word that appears is grace. The Word is illuminated for us. His grace is the bridge that closes the gap between our reality and His promises concerning what has been revealed to us. Of our own selves, we are unable to make the transition from one to the other unless by His grace through faith in the person of Jesus Christ. See, disappointments are inevitable in life. We're all fallible human beings who make mistakes. The world will not always live up to our expectations. The enemy will actively seek to undermine our peace, but he doesn't get the last word. Jesus says in John 16, 33, I have told you these things so that in me, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. You will. He says, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So, my brothers and my sisters, let's lay all of our disappointments at God's feet and find peace in the great, unconditional, extravagant love of Jesus Christ. And we can only do this by faith. You've got to take that step, that first step of faith. When God says, to step forward. You take that first step, and as you take that first step, another step appears. And it is this grace that takes you all the way across. Amen? Amen. Now, my brothers and my sisters, if you don't know who this person of grace is, because grace is a person, his name is Jesus Christ. I want to invite you, if that is you, and you do not have a personal relationship, with this person, just say after me, Lord Jesus, I come to you with all that I have and all that I carry. I confess you as my Lord and my Savior. Today I call you into my heart. I am no longer bound by all of the past things. I am born again and you are my personal Lord and Savior, Amen. amen. Saints of God, if you said that prayer, I want to encourage you, send us a mail. We want to hear from you. We want to join you in that new journey to where you do not stay where you are. You continually make the move through faith in the person of grace, in Jesus Christ so you can bridge the real you can bridge the gap between your present reality and God's promises for your life amen god bless you